Welcome to the Alliant in the Public Eye podcast, a show dedicated to exploring risk management topics and challenges faced by today's public sector leaders. Here is your host, Carlene Patterson. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of In the Public Eye. Insurance and claims environment is very complex, and there's a lot of nuances in policy language and events that can impact multiple parts of your insurance policy. You add FEMA into the mix, and the claims process can be overwhelming, especially for folks who maybe don't handle catastrophic claims very often. So we want to tackle this subject today on how best to handle catastrophic claims and how your insurance policy and FEMA can work with each other or not work with each other, as the case may be. So today, I've invited Frank Russo with Imperium Consulting to join us to discuss catastrophe claims services, FEMA, and how Imperium can help. So Frank, thanks for joining us today. Well, thank you for having me, Carlene. I really appreciate it. Yeah. So before we get started, why don't you take a few minutes to tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and your background? Well, thank you so much for having me today, Carlene. I'm very excited to be here. A little bit more about me. My entire career has been in the what I would refer to as the disaster space. I've helped businesses my entire career, which is going on around 22 years now, with all things related to disaster claims, delays, disruptions, whether they're natural disasters or any type of event that a business or an organization really doesn't want to deal with, but that happens. And there are dollars at stake to recoup those dollars. I go back to starting out in the New York area after September 11, 2001, helping with terrorism-related business interruption claims in New York. That's where I started all through every major disaster until the most recent hurricane, COVID-related pandemic-type disaster. So it's kind of a funny business, but I, I have been fortunate to see a lot of different triggering events happen to a varying degree of industries. So I'm really excited to kind of share my perspective on what disasters mean and how businesses and risk managers can deal with them. Yeah, it sounds like you have some really unique perspectives from a lot of different, really, you know, crazy, hope to never be repeated types of occurrences. But talk a little bit about Imperium Consulting and what they bring to the table. So Imperium Consulting is what's referred to as a claim preparation organization. So what we do every day is we specialize in helping policyholders, which I'll refer back to later on, prepare, quantify, and present damages claims. Claim prep, as it's referred to more casually, is really a function of understanding what losses that those organizations face, financial losses, whether it's physical damages caused by some natural disasters, let's say, or some time element related losses from those same disasters. Let's say you're business interruption impact, you're delayed in your construction, things that throw off the timeline of your business. All those items, the physical side, as well as the time element side, claim prep firms like Imperium help policyholders quantify and present those claims every day. It's usually referred to claim prep within the insurance industry, which we certainly are heavily involved with insurance-related claim prep, but also from a FEMA claim prep standpoint. So public entities that many times have insurance, they have insurance up to a certain point, and then they are eligible to collect the difference from FEMA if it's a federally declared disaster. Our role really remains the same in how do we document, prepare, and present those costs 
really comes down to at that point, who's paying for it or where you're claiming those particular costs. But yeah, again, we do this every day. We have a whole host of experts and variety of expertise ranging from CPA forensic accountants to engineers to construction scheduling experts to former attorneys to finance professionals. We, we like to attack each of those clients' issues with a kind of broad array of specialty services to make sure our clients get back every penny they're entitled to. That's really what we like to do every day. So how does your claims prep services differ from, say, a third-party claims adjuster that's designated on a policy? That's a great question. And it's often a question that businesses or organizations that haven't dealt with these types of issues frequently ask. So an independent adjuster or a third-party adjuster is, by definition, independent from the insurance company. But what they do is they represent the insurance company's interests in the claims adjustment process. So there are great independent adjusting firms in the U.S., many well-known names that we work with all the time. But their job is to really, first of all, understand the exposure that the insurance company may face from a particular loss. One of their first things that they'll do is set a what's called a loss reserve, which is what's the financial potential financial obligation that the insurers may face from that loss. And then they move into the adjustment process. So they, meaning the insurance independent adjusters, what they want to, in my experience, receive is is claims information from the insured, or like I referenced earlier, the policyholder. And take that information, they analyze it, they review it, they see where the coverage may or may not exist in the policy, and then they quote unquote adjust the claim. So that's really a segment of professionals, very, very important in the insurance claims process. But by and large, their main goal is to help the insurance companies process those claims. That's not to say that to your point, Carlene, organizations that have assigned adjusters to their accounts, which I think is a great thing. They have the same you know, man or woman that comes in every time. They have a relationship with him or her and the person understands the organization, uh, understands the policy. That just, in my experience, makes the claim go much quicker. But again, by and large, their responsibility and who's funding them is the insurance company to process that claim. Yeah, I think I I caught that nuance when you were talking a little bit earlier about Imperium and you were referring to your client. Meanwhile, the adjusting firm is not necessarily working against the client's best interests, but definitely not the pure advocate for the client that you would be. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I think that's a fair statement. I think the industry has evolved in a good way where in my experience on these complex losses, you know, not, not that they're not complex and there aren't challenges, but the insurance adjusting community and the claim prep community typically work together, but we have our roles, we have our focuses, and it's the policyholder's responsibility to present the claim, and it's the insurance adjuster's responsibility to adjust it. I'll kind of say that again, because sometimes that's overlooked. You, know, you don't wait for the insurance adjuster to tell you how much your loss is. That's not their role. Their role is to accept what you provide them and then adjust or, you know, approve or disapprove of your claim. So where we come in is we help fill that void for, let's say you're a, you're a large health organization or you're a public school district that you're not in the business of claims. So we fill the void for the policyholder to help them understand what happened from a damages perspective and how it relates to insurance and then to quantify those issues and to help the insured the policy or to present those damages 
again, working with the adjuster, the adjuster takes that information. We go and analyze it together. Just to be clear, I think independent adjusters surely have the client or the, the business or the policyholder's interests at, at mind, but that hopefully explains the difference in the role of us versus them in that example. So they're basically waiting for the client to give them all the information. They don't go up and help bring it together, which is what you would do. They, they could. They could. Oftentimes when we're brought into a project, let's say it's months after a loss, someone reaches out and says, my claim's just not going fast enough. Something's not, Why is this taking so long? 95% of the time in my experience is because the adjuster's requested certain information and hasn't received it from the insurer or the policyholder. So the policyholder is waiting for the adjuster to tell them their loss. Again, if you think about it, it's a much more proactive and affirmative position to say, here's my loss, whether, and then discuss whether or not there are issues on the adjustment of the loss. That's the best practices approach to getting a claim paid quicker and, and faster, in my view. So not really duplicating at all what third-party claims adjuster is there to do. So I guess the biggest question is, who pays for your services? Sure. And again, another great question. So the insurance adjuster and the insurance adjuster's experts that are brought in on a, on a complex loss, the policyholder never sees a bill, right? The insurance company's paying for those services. They're representing the insurance company's interests. When referring to firms like Imperium and the claim prep side, most insurance policies or property insurance policies have what's referred to as professional fee coverage or claims preparation coverage. Not every policy has it, but most do. And what that coverage is intended for is, is the insurance companies recognizing that, again, to my example earlier, the, the school district or the hospital or whatever business you're in, you don't know how to present the claim. So they actually provide coverage so that the fees for services like mine, like claim prep firms like Imperium, can be reimbursed like any other item in an insurance claim. So let's say you have a $5 million loss and it takes six months to prepare and present. And you know we present an invoice of $50,000, depending on the coverage, if that coverage exists, our clients get reimbursed all those costs back. So essentially our services are free. And that's just on the insurance side. So also a combination of insurance and FEMA claim presentation. And we have many, many examples of this. Again, the activity itself is very, very similar on presenting and quantifying the laws. And then it's a question of where those costs go. So if there's insurance coverage for our fees, it's, it's paid through the insurance. Our activities for the FEMA side of it can also be reimbursed through a FEMA program called direct administrative costs, which... You know, if you think about it as a public entity, you, you could have your full claim presented and have most, if not all of those costs paid, both insurance and FEMA. So how do you get engaged? We have a lot of public entity clients who, you know, have large quota share layered programs. So the claims adjuster is often named in the policy. So how would a client engage your services in the event of a loss to help them out? Sure. The first thing they should do is, is communicate with their insurance broker. Say, of course, if it's an Alliant client, speak to Alliant. I would say a loss that seems complex or it's especially if it's significant dollars at hand. The first thing I would, would recommend is checking your insurance policy for that coverage that I just described. It's not to say that we can't be engaged if that coverage doesn't exist, but it does make it, I think, more of a easier decision. From an implementation standpoint, I would say speak to your broker or you can reach out to us directly. What we would do when, when we get brought into those initial discussions, we have a conversation with the uh, potential client 
discuss what they're facing and build a budget for our services. Just to be clear too, our costs are billed to the client on a time and expense basis. The client has to pay us. And then those costs, once they're paid, are reimbursed through insurance. So there is an outlay of funding, but it's ultimately reimbursed if that insurance coverage exists. I often get the same question around, was it better to come in early than late? I would certainly say the earlier, the better. The reason for this is, in my view, an insurance claim really should take two phases as it's presented. Phase one is really important, and that happens early in a claim. And that is a phase that we refer to as the ROM phase or the rough order of magnitude phase. Really what that does is help you as the insured or policyholder quantify the worst case scenario of that particular loss with rough estimates, with to be determines, but kind of figure out exactly what you're facing because that, that, that information then helps the insurance adjuster set his or, or her loss reserve, as I mentioned earlier, or FEMA understand what you're facing early on. And I think that's really important to set the expectations of, you know, what everyone may be facing. Now it's an estimate, so it could go up, it could go down, but we always say err on the side of the worst case within reason, of course, because if that loss reserve is set adequately, usually a claim gets paid quicker. If something's not thought of early on that comes back to a claim later on and it's not within the loss reserve, well, again, that's when claims take time and people hate the claims process because it's just not set up to reimburse that company over the long haul. The loss will be what it will be at the end of the day, but that reserve process in the beginning is crucial in my view. You've alluded a couple of different times to you know, the claims prep work that you do for the insurance carrier and then also with when FEMA is involved. And my clients might be used to working with an insurance company, but when FEMA gets involved, it's a whole different situation. So how do you work with FEMA and the carriers and what is the advantage to having Imperium engaged when a client's dealing with both of those? Carlene, that's another great question. So why I think what we do in Imperium is unique around those types of scenarios is that FEMA and insurance, when they're both in play, they're both evaluating the same loss, but there are many nuances that if they're not understood early on can create challenges. So the biggest one is FEMA will usually not reimburse an applicant following a disaster until its insurance is exhausted. So a lot of times, and I think it's a mistake, maybe just because of lack of knowledge, a public entity may have an insurance claims team helping them with the insurance claim. And then in a separate channel, having a FEMA consultant helping them with FEMA. What we've discovered really over the last 10 years, it's much better to do it holistically because we're quantifying the overall loss and we're helping our clients present where we believe those costs are covered in insurance and what's not covered in insurance and showing that evaluation to both parties, meaning insurance and FEMA. Because by doing so, you prevent the, well, we haven't heard back from the insurance company, so we're not going to fund you as FEMA or insurance saying, well, you know what? We're not sure what FEMA's position on is on this. It's really kind of having a control of that through one transparent channel. And, you know, that I think is really essential, especially in a large loss for a public entity to have consistency, transparency, and really one plan of action in, within the cost side of, of the, the damage assessments, whether it's the best insurance policy and the best insurance company of all time, insurance claims are hard, right? So when I say FEMA's not going to reimburse till insurance is exhausted, that's that's a real fact. Having that transparency, I think, really adds to the speed of that process. So 
you talked a little bit about some of the different types of claims you handled and we're coming up on hurricane season. So can you talk a little bit about some of the experience you've had working with municipalities in a large hurricane disaster scenario? Sure. Hurricane season starts June 1st officially, right? Can't believe we're only a couple months away from that now. Right now we're dealing with a very large, if not the largest, Hurricane Ian claim out of the state of Florida following last year's hurricane season. Uh, We're representing a large municipality that had hundreds of buildings damaged, unfortunately. We were talking to that organization three days before the storm was about to hit. So we were planning around that. We were putting some people logistically around their organization so we can get there as quickly as possible to start damage assessments. Once it was safe to sort of enter the disaster area, we did that as quickly as we could. One of the first things we helped do is document and categorize the damage with technology. For example, we had drones helping with significant roof damages or other types of aerial damages that you could catch with a drone camera. Regardless of the size of the loss is to make sure that that type of documentation happens because, again, if a claim takes a while, you're going to forget what actually was damaged. So that's really one of the most important things. But now it's about six months post-event, and we're proud of the fact that our team's working hard to help make sure the client gets more and more cash flow from this disaster. Now, what I mean by cash flow, our philosophy on presenting claims is, let's say you have a $100 million claim. Well, it's not to say, let's you know present it until you get a $100 million check. Let's present it in a way where you get 10, $10 million checks you know, every six weeks. So within the six months of us helping this particular client, proud to say they received a significant amount in advance payments to fund their recovery. We still have a long way to go, but you know, again, in this example, it's also insurance and FEMA. So we're working with both parties to push through the limits of insurance and get that put to bed so we can focus exclusively on FEMA. That particular example, I keep referring to how large it is. It really doesn't matter about the size. It's really about the process. So we have other losses, not as significant, where, again, the same process, I think, is crucial to set that organization up for a full and fast recovery. And, you know, with hurricane season only a few months away from now, hopefully it's a quiet season. But, you know, there are certainly things that could be learned from that regard for organizations that have been fortunate, maybe not to have been impacted with those events. But don't take that as a future prediction, right? It can happen at any time. And it's important to make sure that your organization is ready to respond for those. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up the whole cash flow part of it because that was one of the things I wanted to touch on. You know, it's so critical that an organization has expenses that are going along the way. And to be able to get those early payments from the carrier is really important. And so having you there to help advocate for that is great. So I'm glad you brought that up. Any recommendations for, you know, steps that people can take in preparation for hurricane season, whether it's from our client standpoint, what are things to do to be ready for it? Absolutely. And one thing too, before I get into the actual checklist, you raise a good point about the impact on people. And the example I gave earlier about this you know, particular client, I mean, these people that were helping their entity try to get back to their daily business were coming in and basically working 12 hours and going home to their own homes where there was no power and no showering for weeks. And it really is something to see where, you know, the impact on everyday life, aside from the actual business impact, it's real. There are people I've found that really just become 
sounds a little cheesy, but I, I think it's true. A disaster hero. We have people you know, sleeping at the office just because they wanted to get things done. But, you know, from a more practical standpoint, you know, specifically around hurricane season, you know, there are things that can be done now to help put your organization in a position to respond as quickly and effectively as possible. Can't control where the storm's going to go, but, but you can control your response. One item I'll start with is thinking about what I would refer to as your organization's disaster bench. What's your bench strength? Who are you going to? Who are your key contacts that you're going to need to call after an event? What are the redundancies around those key contacts? Where is the list of the phone numbers that you're going to call people? Something as simple as that. We once had a client that had this really well thought out disaster recovery plan, had a a list of their top vendors and they, they had all their numbers and their contact information. Maybe I'm dating myself a bit, but they had it on a binder in their office and, you know, the office got flooded, right? So it was backed up, but it was hard to find. The serious point is it's, it's really important to understand you know, firms like restoration contractors, emergency response companies that come in and can help dry a building, patch up a roof, bring in electricity. I've seen that throughout all these disasters in my career, there are really good companies that are out there and happy to talk to you as an organization before an event happens for no obligation. I would tell you to interview as many as you could to feel who you get comfortable with. And then also have some levels of redundancies. Like don't just go to company A because to my earlier point, in an area-wide disaster, company A may not have enough people. So you'd have to go to company B, C, and D. You want to be able to know where you're going to go and who you're going to call. And by establishing those relationships, you can get those terms and, and contracts out of the way and, and, and be able to just work on you know getting your organization up and running. Yeah, and having a national firm like yours or, you know, some of the disaster recovery type companies, because a smaller regional, they're going to be impacted by a, you know, region-wide disaster too. And so to have a national company that can deploy resources from across the U.S. to come to that area is really an advantage. But the one thing to also remember from a personal standpoint is inflation didn't just impact your entity's schedule of values. It impacted your own replacement costs on your own home. And so make sure you've talked to your local agent about making sure that those values are correct because you don't want to be underinsured when an EN comes through. So that's a really good point. Any other last minute checklist items to be prepared for as we roll into June? So absolutely, Carlene. I uh, certainly have many more checklist items I would be happy to provide. I think the last one I will leave you with is work with your insurance adjuster as quickly as possible following the loss. What I mean by that is you don't want to have the insurance adjuster go to your site, meet the maintenance person who has no idea what's going on, really doesn't understand your organization. Again, it's, it's hurricane season. That adjuster is going to 45 different properties. He or she's not really paying attention because he's busy or she's busy. I, I always recommend how important it is to have somebody from your organization, and maybe you as a risk manager, there for that first meeting to explain what's going on, explain what you're facing, explain what everyone sees, and explain what people don't see. That will be absolutely invaluable for you in your insurance claim recovery and your ultimate FEMA recovery because that information will be absorbed by that adjuster or that FEMA examiner. They'll understand the big picture as opposed to, you know, just what you see. And a lot of times these claims, what you see is the least of your problems, right? So I always like to say, own the loss, you know, step up, take some leadership there and your organization will be in a better position for it. That is a great recommendation and some great advice. Really appreciate it. 
Thank you very much, Frank, for joining me today. I think that the information you provided is invaluable and will be a big help to our clients. This is a really challenging time to be a risk manager. And here at Alliant, we're focused on providing continued information and resources as we navigate 2023 and beyond. So thanks, Frank. And thank you all for joining us today. Thank you for listening. And for more information, visit us at insurance.alliant.com forward slash in the public eye.